the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Today we'll be looking at Hebrews chapter 6, verses 9 through 12. But, beloved, even though we speak to you in this way, we are convinced of better things concerning you and of things that accompany salvation. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown for his name in ministering to the needs of the saints, God's people, as you do, And we desire for each one of you to show the same diligence all the way through so as to realize and enjoy the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you will not be spiritually sluggish, but will instead be imitators of those who, through faith, lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in Him and in His power, and by patient endurance, even when suffering, are now inheriting the promises. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Now, verse 9 begins with, but, so it is making reference. He's making them aware that there's going to be a contrast between what he is addressing or who he's addressing and the people he just previously addressed. And he addresses them as my beloved. That's Agapetos, and it is from the word agape, which is the highest and truest love that has its source in God. And it is used nine times in the New Testament where God is actually speaking of Christ or to Christ. So we know that he's addressing believers here, and the author is writing to encourage these believers to begin to mature their souls by faith and truth. One theologian offers this paraphrase. The reason I have made these awful statements about apostates is not because I consider you whom I am addressing as apostates, for your conduct proves that this is not your character, and the promise of God secures that this doom shall not be yours, but so that you may be stirred up to steadiness in the faith and hope and obedience of truth by constant continuance in which alone you can, like those who have gone before you, obtain in all their perfection and promised blessings of Christian salvation. 
So the author is telling them, I'm confident. But what is he confident in? Is he confident in their faithfulness to serve in the church? Because the apostates did that. Is he confident in their knowledge of the Bible? Because the apostate had that. What is he confident in? He's confident based on several things. But the first thing, he's the spirit of God who's speaking with confidence here. Secondly, he's confident because he has seen them in service of the brethren. Now, there's something we know about this is that the only time there's ministry, true ministry to the body of Christ is when the body of Christ, Christ through the body, ministers to the body, right? This is not a ministry of flesh. This is not prompted by flesh as though it seems like it is by the way people preach about it. You need to get out there and serve. You need to get out there and do this. You need to get out there and do that. Listen. What he's talking about in service is he's talking about a natural obedience whereby the Spirit of God moves you to go forward and touch others' lives where it's needed. That's what he's talking about. It's not a call to works. It is a call to allow the Spirit of God to flow. The author expresses a confidence in who they are, even though he has been very direct in his criticism previously. And again, the criticism is of their immaturity, not of their identity. God's never going to criticize your identity. The Spirit of God will be grieved when you act in an immature way. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, never interpret that grieving as God hammering you with condemnation. That's the enemy's lie. God doesn't do that. What does Romans 8, 1 tell us? There is no more of that, right? So it's not God giving you condemnation, but yet you feel this within. Well, that that you're experiencing is not the condemnation of God. Actually, it is exactly what it's supposed to be. It's an affirmation of his love and life in you. Because you've acted contrary to who you are, contrary to the way God has made you. You've acted in a way that's not natural. I can trip down these stairs and turn my ankle a certain way, and immediately I know that my ankle went in a direction that's not natural for me. Now, do I take that as the condemnation of God? Or the fact that I have tripped and did something that that my body couldn't naturally handle? Well, God does not condemn their immaturity, not their identity, and he is confident that they are still producing fruit. Now, here's the other thing. You don't produce fruit apart from the Spirit of God, and you don't have to be at a certain spiritual level to produce fruit. Have you read John fifteen five? What does Jesus say about those? The branches that are connected to the vine, grafted in, what does he say? You might produce much fruit. You will produce fruit if you behave. You'll produce fruit if you walk with me closely. No, he says you will produce much abundant fruit. You know why it's abundant? Because it's his work. It's his fruit. It's not dependent upon you. (laughs) Now, if you want the joy 
the pleasure of knowing the work of God in your life, the way we know it, is through obedience. We don't know it through doing. We know it through obedience. Obedience is literally yielding yourself to the work of God that his life, his presence in you, may flow through you and express itself, manifest itself through you. That's how we know. He says in verse 9, But, beloved, even though we speak to you in this way, we are convinced of better things concerning you, of things that accompany salvation. Better things in contrast to what was produced by the apostates, which in reality was just religious work according to the flesh rather than the fruit of the Spirit. Now, these better things are better than living to the flesh. There is a way that the new creation was designed to live and function, and these things are in complete agreement Those things that he's called us to are in complete agreement with who we are. Now, this is the cool thing about obedience. Did God tell you you could breathe? Did you hear a voice? Did God tell you that you could have a heartbeat? Huh? Did he? Well, I would say that you're naturally being obedient to the the work of your body. And hopefully it's working that way. The reality of it is, is that we were made in the new creation to function naturally in obedience. So when God calls us to something, whatever that may be in service or whether that be in give, whatever it is, it's basically like a parent standing before a child that's trying to learn to walk and saying, come on, you can do it. Come on, step forward. Come on. That's the call to obedience. It is a simple encouragement for you to act naturally the way you were made to act. Now that should be a huge relief. Because now you know that you can relax and yield to the Spirit of God and allow Him to naturally express Himself through you. Now here's the key thing about it. If you're being obedient then what is true of the Spirit is now coming through the soul. And that is the place where you are affirmed in this life. How many of you looked in the mirror and saw your Spirit this morning? Well, if you did, you probably ought to be in a casket somewhere. The truth is that we don't see our Spirit, we see our body, don't we? And the manifestation of the Spirit of God in and through the body is an affirmation to the mind, will, and emotion of the truth of who you are. The world and everything around you is trying to tell you something different. You are your career. You are your body. You are how you look. You are how people treat you. Again, going back to what I talked about earlier. So he speaks about better things, better the way for the new creation to live. And then he says, they accompany, and that's the Greek word echo. Yes, same word we use, right? It's the Greek word echo, which signifies conjoined or inseparable. You're inseparable from the work of God doesn't mean that you'll be experiencing the work of God, but that you are literally part of the work of God, inseparable, okay? Now, 
That doesn't mean that you can sit at home and and be blessed because God's doing all the work. Glory, glory. That is a very fleshy point of view, and it robs you. It robs you because you're not going to know the truth of God's love if you're not loving. And you're not going to know the truth of God's provision if you're not looking for it and seeking it and in need. You're not going to know everything that God would do in your life if you're sitting at home in self-sufficiency. Now, some can't get out, but they can know the truth of God's provision by ministering to others right where they are. They can know the truth of God's provision by listening to the Spirit of God to take this word and apply it to their understanding. They can know the truth of who they are by entering into communion through prayer. We were made to know him. We were equipped to know him. We are literally built to know him. And this life is about knowing him. The works are a part of who you are. They're inseparable from who you are. In other words, faith, hope, and love is part of your DNA. A deep abiding love for God that you cannot lose. You cannot lose your love for God because the love of God is in you. It's why you are a believer. It includes an inherent longing for Jesus. There's no such thing as receiving Christ as Savior and not receiving him as life. If you received him as life, you didn't receive him like a Samsonite to carry around. You received him literally as to be the function, the action, the working of day-to-day, moment-by-moment living. That is that you are a new creation being in union with the Spirit of God. That is who you are. That is the essence of who you are. And even when acting in the flesh, guess what? The new creation is there. But when you allow who you are to come forward, you know, it's really nice when you can get with family and just be yourself, right? But when you allow that new creation to come forward, that affirms the truth of you. And it is not just the Spirit of God coming in, taking possession of you and moving you. It's literally who you are in union with the Spirit of God coming forward and doing all that you were created to do. We talked about this in Bible study. It's the Spirit of God's not about just using you. A lot of people like to use that terminology. I read a lot of books that use that terminology. Let me ask you the question. I asked this at Bible study the other night. As a parent, when you're helping steady and hold your child up as they're learning to walk, they're gripping your finger, you're walking alongside of them, are you using them? I don't think so. Neither is the Spirit of God using you. His life is in you. He is literally animating the truth of you. His strength is literally your strength. You are joined with him. Colossians 2, 6 says, Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus at the Lord, walk, that means live, in union with, With him, reflecting his character in the things you do and say, living lives that lead others away from sin. Genuine faith is inseparable from obedience, a desire to live in the truth. 
that's what's reflected here. That this person is yielded, and as a new creation, they are going to, in what they do, reflect the character of Christ, because it's now your character. You know that? If you're living in any other character, you're living in the character of a dead man. And it's probably very stinky to the people around you. You have a character that was crafted by this, by God himself. When you walk in that character, people see Jesus, don't they? They see him. They see his work. You are secure in the truth of his life within you. 2 Corinthians 5.15 And he died for all so that all who live would no longer live for themselves. How should we live? But for him who died and was raised for their sake. How are we to live for him? Does that mean I'm supposed to do something for him? No, it means that I am supposed to live my life in the way that he made me to live. Resurrection life, newness of life, obedience of life. Those who believe themselves to be saved but have no appetite for obedience and faith, have no passion for him beyond the hope of his favor in worldly pursuits and heaven one day, need to examine their relationship with him. Verse 10. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love with which you show for his namesake in ministering to the needs of the saints, God's people, as you do. Now, God is not so unjust so as to forget your work and the love. Now, that word love is agape. Where does it have its source? In him, right? And the work he is talking about, you do for his namesake. Literally, what what he could say is God is not so forgetful to forget what he's done. That's what he could say. He's not so forgetful that he could set aside or so uncaring that he could set aside what he has done. Because the expression of ministry is literally the work of God. Now that comes back to the faithfulness of God. Because you know what? I didn't have to get in shape to be a minister of God. I didn't have to become educated to become a minister of God. I had to be a Christian, a new creation that is surrendered to the ministry of Christ. That's all. And in that position, who among us is not able to minister? Well, I think all of you know him. And because you know him, you are ministers of truth. Because that new creation being within you, that being that was was crafted by the hands of God to be his ministry upon this earth is there. Biggest obstacle we have to ministering to others is our vision of what ministry is and what it looks like. How we might be received or would we be rejected? Do you know, Jesus didn't walk with any of those insecurities. In fact, he knew most of the time he would be rejected. But it wasn't the approval of man that he was looking for. And it wasn't the blessing of man that he craved. 
He was walking to fulfill in obedience all that the Father has laid before him. And his goal was to constantly be obedient to the work and will of God in whatever he chose to do. So really, whether or not you're okay with that is strictly a matter of indifference. He wants you to walk in that same confidence so that you're free to minister. So you don't have to get all worked up. I can remember being asked to speak and spend, you know, so much time worrying about whether I would say the right things. And you can tell I got over that. And worried about whether or not I would present it in the right way. And you can tell I've been delivered of that. The thing is, I got to the place where I recognize it's not about what I say, what I present, what I do, or how I say it and how I do it. It's literally about the Spirit of God coming down and activating the truth in you. That's what it's about. He says, your continuance to demonstrate the truth within your ministry to the body of Christ is God's faithfulness to the body through the body. You see, Lamentations 3.22, I like this verse, says, It is because of the Lord's loving kindness that we are not consumed, because his tender compassions never fail. The believer's perseverance is not the cause, but the consequence of God's perseverance. What do you see when you read about Paul's life? Paul's perseverance. Now, if you see the determination of flesh, you will be discouraged, won't you? Gosh, I could never be that determined. You know, I, if they threw me out of town, I'd say, good, <laughs> I'm gone, right? No. Where did he get that? Well, you need to look at him another way. You should see the supernatural hand of God, and you will see in Paul how he has equipped you. That's the revelation. You can see in Paul how he has equipped you. You can see in Jesus how he has equipped you. You can walk in the confidence that everything that God literally bestowed upon Paul to endure what he had for him, to be able to walk the path that Paul was put to walk, to endure the things that he suffered, was empowered and equipped and held together by God alone. Listen. Some of us are of an age that we recognize that the body is beginning to fail. That's a reality nobody likes to be reminded of. But I want you to know that it is failing to the degree that God is allowing it. It's not failing because you are not doing this or because you're doing that and they can prove that physically. Because you got the guy over in one part of town that work, doesn't work out, smokes cigarettes and drinks the whole of his life, and lives forever. And then you got the other one that just happened to stop in the 7-Eleven and eat a ho-ho and dies of a heart attack. Now what's that about? God determines. He is holding you together. He is your life strength. He has your path 
Now, part of knowing that path, part of enjoying that path, part of living to the fullness, the abundant life that he's called you to, is yielding to the truth that you are a new creation being who walks in obedience with him, allowing him to be a part of every moment. That's a determined faith. So, if you, determine, if you see the determination of flesh in Paul, you'll be discouraged. Only God knows the truth of our needs. Talks about ministering to the needs of others. Only God knows the truth of our needs. Only God can meet them. But it is our privilege to be a part. This is the unchanging faithfulness of God that is not dependent on our condition or the condition of those around us. But he will faithfully meet our needs in Christ. The service of the body is not just about meeting others' needs. Did you think that? The service of the body is not just about meeting other people's needs. God doesn't need you to do that. Think about that. The service of the body is about meeting your need to know him. That's what it's about. Everything that God has commanded us to do, he does so that we might know him. That we might experience his life and power in whatever he has directed us to do. And those of you who might think, well, I don't have it. I can't do it. It's not about what you think you can do. Faith is not about what you can see. Faith is not about what you can visualize. Faith is about the work of God. You tethering your desires to the will of God, allowing God to work out his life through you as a new creation being. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.